This is the Cast. The Kachuk thing, like, at first, it was a bit much. And by a bit, I mean it's way too much. Because every time a Kachuk is playing hockey on television, which during an 82-game season happens quite often and frequently, yes. all a Sportsnet panel will talk about is how they are the descendants of Keith Kachuk and how they have a brother Whoa, really? in the league as well. Have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? There are two Kachuks in the NHL. No, Jay and... Leno, I haven't. <laughs> have you heard about this? Have you heard about this? There's two <laughs> There's two Kachuks. There's a Matthew, there's a Brady. There's two Kachuks. Have you heard about this? Uh, and during the season, it's like too much. It's like, I don't, I don't fucking care. I know there's like wow there are brothers in the in the show that's fantastic it's almost like maybe because like we're from vancouver like we've been so accustomed to seeing brothers playing in the nhl that's just like i don't care that there are other brothers in the league because there's like the stalls there was like countless and and we're used to them being on the same team so it's obvious that they're like related like it's like one of those things where it's like where like i mean obviously you know there's not a lot of kachuk people with the last name kachuk hanging around so Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not like with like yeah like the stalls it was like there's mark jared jordan uh eric and they were all on different teams at one point and then at one point two of them were on the the carolina hurricanes like it was like and but you didn't hear it every single game like you'd hear it in like edmonton vancouver games like Oh, the real question is, what's Matthew Kachuk going to be doing come playoff time to McDavid? And it's like, it's enough. We get it. They're brothers. But then you get the playoffs, and you got Brady Kachuk in his uh, Matthew Kachuk friendship tour t-shirt, slamming back four Bud Lights by the second period, just getting absolutely tuned. and And that's all they're talking about. And it's like, I'm fine with this. Now it's appropriate to mention that they're brothers because yeah. the the event calls for it. It is Matthew Kachuk making a fool out of Vander Kane, scoring a hat trick. He's doing everything he can to embarrass the Edmonton Oilers at home, and he's doing a great job at it. And they show uh, Keith Kachuk in the crowd and his bald head, super proud of his kid. Brady Kachuk partying. Um, their, sister's their sister's there Taryn. too. Yeah, I, yeah Taryn. And um, do you want to talk about the Kachuk family? That's the time to do it. Totally fine. I don't want to hear it in the regular season, but yeah. I want I want them to be interviewing Brady in like in between periods when he's like sculling another can of like Bud Light, like it's his fifth of the night, and they say, uh, "Brady, what does Matthew need to do to get on the board here in the third period?" And he's just completely buckled. And needs to like try and formulate a <laughs> sentence to Darren Pang or whoever it is. And he's just like, can't do it. Like, yeah. that's what I want to see. Yeah. He just throws on the headset. He's like, okay, here's what we need to do. Okay. Like, yeah. This is what I would do if I was yeah. just playing a hockey game. Okay. Yeah. They need to have him just like uh, secretly put on Matthew's gear for one period and have him play as, <laughs> as Matthew Kachuk and see if anyone notices. Like, and then, and then Matthew's the one in the crowd, like just, just guzzling, just guzzling it, Bud Light. Like, they're just like slowly zooming in. They're like, something's wrong hmm. about this picture. What's yeah. happening? But anyway, uh, yeah. for those who didn't see it, I hope you saw it because 
we're going to kick this off right away with the first in the Battle of Alberta series. Because, my God, what an embarrassing game. <laughs> what a colossal, like, okay, really fun, but that's because... Fun. For me, but, I'm a Canucks fan, and I just get to watch these two teams absolutely like <laughs> just go head to head, and who can like dig the hole a hole the fastest? Okay, so like this makes me like almost like just like upset that you like poor you you had to ingest some horrific hot sauce because you lost the bet that the Canucks didn't make uh, playoffs. Yeah, and here we have like some of the worst defensive performances we've ever seen in a playoff game. Like I was reminded of like the, the Pittsburgh Philly series from a few years ago when it was like Pittsburgh putting up seven goals every single game and Philly would put up like nine goals and it was just like trading awful, awful goaltending performances. Yeah. This was a six to nine game. Connor McDavid has four points and still loses. Like that is Oh my God. How embarrassing is that? And then I was just thinking to myself, like minus man, one. <laughs> yeah. Like he was a minus one in a four point night. Like yeah. that tells there, you everything. There goes the I, know plus, might. I know plus minus doesn't mean no. much in today's NHL, but like eh, it kind of tells when, you something. It tells when you a little something. It tells you a little something when there is no uh, shorthanded goals scored right because that's where the plus minus really gets wonky because it's like 5v5 and shorthanded goals allowed and it's like who cares or power play yeah. goals or whatever um anyways back to my point there was the no weird... shorthanded like power play goals in this or shorthanded goals Jeez. there there were there was a power play goal for calgary at one there point there was one that's there was it one it was all 5v5 goal. that is ridiculous oh good lord that's that in itself is almost an accomplishment like just yeah, in like so, so mcdavid was on ice for full four goals four possibly maybe even more but still ended up on the negatives like ooh, little bad <laughs> um but anyway I was, I was thinking while watching this game i was like man if the canucks had got in like i mean granted if they got in, they would have gotten destroyed by Colorado. But yeah. if they, like, say they had had, like, a regular season and got in in, like, L.A.'s spot or, like, whatever, like, they would have legitimately had a chance to actually go far in this playoffs just based on goaltending performances alone. Yeah. A healthy Canucks team, and I said this in our group chat, like, uh, in our group chat, like, this is a, a scorching hot take, and I'm sure every Alberta fan's listening to this, if there's any, are going to lose their mind at me. Uh -huh. But at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, I don't I don't care. I don't care here. It's like, uh, yeah, had the Canucks, had the, the Boudreaux-Rutherford-era Canucks started the season, had they started the season with that group, and had they... Um, played like a normal regular season more or less stayed healthy for the mm -hmm. for the major for the 82 games going into the playoffs um i mean honestly just looking at these teams and how bad they were last night how bad how bad both of them were in the first round and how bad both they they were in the second and how like how much they were bailed out by their goalies in the first round and then how it all fell apart in this game it yeah i can't help but feel like man the canucks probably could have just cakewalked to a conference final like no problem had they finished in third like they yeah. could have easily cooked a few of these teams it also made me kind of mad because i just think back to god like the 
these teams, this is how long like it took these teams to get to this particular point of where they could actually even make it into a second round, like Calgary mm-hmm. and Edmonton on reg on like a with decently good rosters. If the Canucks, and I hate to keep bringing it up, if the Canucks had like 50% better management for the last eight years, they would be winning like regular Pacific Division titles right now because this is what they have. This is the competition. Know, it's it's like, not good. Yeah, like Connor McDavid, four points last night and they still couldn't get it done. That's that's tremendously bad like performance by a team. Yeah. And yeah, the Canucks are flawed and whatever, but man when was the last time this team gave up nine goals with eight of them coming at five V five? Like you have to go back to, I think that Islanders game when they gave up like 11 goals with Eddie lack in net. Yeah, probably like it, it definitely a long enough time. Like the thing that kept killing them this year in particular was penalty kill was penalty kill. And there was that one game. I think the worst game of the season, at least in terms of like scoring wise was that one in early November against the Avalanche in Colorado where they gave up, I think, nine in that mm-hmm. one. They gave up nine. They lost like nine to one. But even then, I think five of those were on the power play. Like, I yeah. think a lot of those goals came out, came on, yeah, came at uh, shorthanded because of how, like, like historically awful that that unit was. And yeah, yeah like, like, I mean, the Canucks beat the Flames nine to one this year. Like they've done it. They literally yeah. did it once this year. And it's just like, okay, literally if this team is playing slightly healthy, like if the Canucks had been healthier, played a better run, like there's no doubt, like there's really little to no doubt that I'm like, oh, they could have easily beaten both these teams. Like they're yeah. not good. And like, yeah, the goaltending was particularly bad last night. And like, to be fair, Jacob Markstrom is usually much better than this. Um, hell, the first series, he was really good. Like he was like, he got, he was almost, he, he, he was almost on pace get... with Jake Ottinger, right? Yeah. Like that, that was the thing. Jake Ottinger's uh, performance was impressive because he's like some kid yeah. standing on his head and was facing a barrage of shots. Barkstrom didn't face the same volume, but he still pro- provided the same, like safe percentage goals against average, like those numbers at least. Yeah, he if he hit because of how well Ottinger played, Markstrom arguably didn't get enough credit for Mm -hmm. how well he played on his own. Like the Flames would have been done in five or six games had it not been for Markstrom in that first round. Um, And so to see like, yeah, so to see this one, him lay a huge egg in this game, like it was like, yeah, definitely wasn't his best night. Like there are a lot of goals that you watch and you're just like, Ooh, like I'm like as a goaltender, I'm just watching like, oh, that's not, oh, that's not good. Oh, that one's not good either. Like there's like that, that was definitely a case for him. But at the same time, like, like we said at the beginning, you nine, a nine to six score can only, it can only be, be blamed on goaltending to a point. Like eventually it's a question of, okay, well, how many high danger chances was your defense giving up in this game? And the answer was many for both <laughs> teams. Like the amount of just terrible giveaways in yeah. your, own, in your own end was a tr- was a crazy. And again, like as a Vancouver fan, you're kind of sitting there with the popcorn like, oh, actually I can enjoy this battle of Alberta <laughs> a little bit. This is kind of fun. Like, yeah, just playing wild. terribly. This is really entertaining. Yeah, it, it was like, I mean, Mike Smith, uh, so it was really Mike Smith apparently had uh, the second highest um, goal saved above like replace or not replacement. Sorry. Above, um, above I'm forgetting expectation. What, yes. Thank you. Um, he had the second highest, obviously first of, of course being Jake Ottinger. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
And people were like, I don't understand. He was this good in the first round. Why is he not good now? And my answer to that is because Mike Smith is a lot like the carriage from Cinderella. Like, sure, he he might be able to take you places for a few hours, but eventually he's going to turn back into a pumpkin. And yeah. he's just going to be a pumpkin for the rest of the for the rest of time. Like that's Mike Smith. Like that that's who he is. Uh, and then Miko Koskin didn't fare much better. It was just a wild, it, just some wild stuff. It was a wild game because there was legitimately like an argument to be made that like the the Oilers never should have pulled Mike Smith because really? Mark like Markstrom was like actively like losing the Calgary Flames the game in that second period when he let in five goals or whatever it was four goals or something in 10 minutes like he legitimately almost cost them the game and the only reason that calgary managed to wrestle it back was that miko koskinen was in net and it was his first start this entire playoffs yeah like of course they won by outscoring them like he finished the game with six goals against because yeah it was his first start since the regular season yeah. You don't like, you don't think that Mike Smith would have just kept like letting goals in at kind of a pretty quick at a similar pace like you think it would have come down to that? Well, I think it was like they were both bound to like give up a shit ton of goals, but like his save percentage was like like Mike Smith that is wasn't that far off of Markstrom's and there is in theory a reality in which me, uh, Mike Smith pulls it together in the second period because remember those first two goals were kind of like uh, a goal that happened uh, tonight uh, with Tampa and Florida, where it was just poor defensive coverage leading to guys wide open in the crease, which led to two oh, goals. And then one of the goals, and then one of the goals was like a terrible deflection that he had no chance on. Yeah. Like the first goal that he allowed on my GPN, was like, like just a terrible glove save attempt. Like he just had nothing behind it and it yeah. like flopped in. The other, the second one was like, there was no chance, like his D screwed him over. And then the yeah. third one was like another one where it was like, he did his best, but he was just like, wasn't there bad for giveaway. it. And it was yeah. a bad, like a terrible giveaway in front of the net. And Brett Ritchie mm-hmm. just kind of just has to flick a quick side, quick far side shot. And he's golden. Or, yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I, I do think there would see a scenario like where, like, like you said, maybe like the best thing the Oilers could have done in in that situation was actually go okay uh we're gonna put koskinen in for the rest of the period and then go back to smith for the second like maybe mm-hmm. it's just an idea of like okay we're gonna take the crowd off of him a little bit and then put the goal and then put him back in i mean the crowd was on top of him and i felt i will say i felt a little bad for mike smith because obviously Calgar- calgarians have a bit of a uh disliking for mike smith after he went from his time as a flame even though as I've talked about with Calgary before, like the only reason the flames even won a single game in that series against Colorado that one year is because Mike Smith was the guy that showed up. Um, And it was like, and, and, but like Calgarians just don't like them. Mm -hmm. And so of course they're all chanting. We want Smith like after Koskinen comes into the game. And it was kind of like, maybe it was a good thing to pull him, but yeah, I can think about the idea of like, uh, maybe you like you go back to him the second period of the, things have calmed down a little bit maybe you can throw him back in and see what it does it's 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 a gamble but at that point what they were down four to one already so it was like oh, you might as well you might as well see what you can do yeah at that point too like they were probably just like uh it's five one our guys are gonna fight but like the chances of us making up a five or a four goal disadvantage is like really low and then jacob barstrom did 
like 2016, 2017 Jacob Markstrom things and just like turned into a pumpkin. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, this is what happens when you overplay the goalie. Like it's like, Jesus, that was a, that was a, it was a rough night altogether. I, I'm, I'm going to be, it's interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if like in game two, okay, does the, do both teams literally just go into like a full defensive shell where they're just like, okay, like this like last next, game was next games the like the complete opposite. It is like trap hockey, Barry Trot style. On. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, it's, it's not, and not, not even Barry Trots. It's like, we're so scared to move the puck up. We're just going to like waste a bunch of time. It's Guy Boucher <laughs> hockey where they're just like, okay we're not even gonna like uh have you seen if you've seen that clip there's a clip on youtube i think from mike uh from guy boucher's uh second season in tampa where he essentially like coached that because he he famously coached that okay you get the one nothing lead and then we just fully sit pull it all the way back and sit back and there's literally a clip of peter laviolette let's flyers basically making fun of them for it by not advancing the puck past the blue line and just kind of skating it around because no one would there was no lightning player within like six feet within like like 10 feet of them like they just had all the room in their blue line because they knew the lightning weren't even gonna try to come at them for it so they were just literally the two defensemen the laviolette just had his two defensemen just like all right, pass it back and forth in between you guys behind the blue line. They're not going to come at you. And just like, and they wasted like three minutes doing this in the whole like lightning arena is just booing. Like, that's what I think could end up happening in this next game. Cause I think both teams it, are going to be so scared to like make it'll any just turn sort of into, mistake. Um, it'll just yeah. turn into uh like first to score wins basically a little bit. That's what could happen. Now, if they're fun, if they're fun, they might just keep trying to, to do this again, which like, I would be. <laughs> yeah, it'd be for. fine. It'd it be, was it'd incredible. Be shit. It was really fun to watch. Like that's like that's like you can have. I I always say that like you can have good, like games where there's great goaltending and it be exciting. Like there's mm. not like some people think that oh it it depends entirely on how many goals go in. I think there's a lot of like cases where like oh a two one game or a two like a three two game can be super exciting just based on great goaltending uh that game was uh fun because there was none <laughs> it was just a it was just an absolute gong show from beginning to end and it was but it was great like the crowd was f having a good time uh you you mentioned the kachucks like they kept showing the kachucks like over and over again and like i i will say i think what made it even that part even more funny was all the people was like all the people today and like yesterday have been like Brady Kachuk uh, is being way too is having being way too much of like a cheerleader for 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 Matthew and it's like <laughs> what is that is that it's where we're going oh yeah it's like yeah exactly it's like apparently like a bunch of people are like upset about it I will say I do think it's kind like a little weird that he's like wearing like flames merch <laughs> like, no way that's awesome like, that's like oh, brotherly love and whatever oh for sure but it's just like one of those things where it's like oh that is a little odd like uh, like maybe wear some senator stuff with it too <laughs> like maybe no way. just wear the hat I'd be embarrassed to wear senator's gear if I was He's like, the captain. Like, <laughs> who cares? But He's also, not, but yeah, like it's, at, the, it's the off season. If yeah. if like he can wear like Sens gear when like they're actually in the season and it matters. But like it's his off season. Like when I yeah. go to work, I don't wear my company branded shit. Like you know what I mean. Don't wear crease cast merch to work every day. Like that's that, true. That, 
<laughs> my that's, my I, white sweater and just get it like covered in like dog stuff and filthy yeah, exactly. disgusting dirt yeah yeah exactly. yeah, yeah. Totally. again i didn't care enough about it to make like to have a big deal about it but there are some people who did and it, that's just made I'm like i'm like you know what i'm gonna like the brady kachuk thing even more now <laughs> just because yeah I'm that's mad about it <laughs> like and given how we open the show with me ranting about how i hated the kachuk discourse that happens during regular season and i'm the person knowing now like fuck it like keep showing the guy in the in the flames gear like that's great like yeah. He doesn't owe the senators anything. If anything, they owe him like a better team to play for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, God. Well, yeah, they're, uh, I mean, they're getting better. They're getting a little better. Like they, Tim Stutzla is going to be, they, they took some steps this year. They did I think that. with, I'm interested to see if a new owner takes them on a new, it like takes them away from Pierre Dorian and Kosin. Or, so, like, or which takes is, them away from Ottawa. Oh God, let's not. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> like at least, or takes them away from Canada. Let's hope they do that, where they actually put them in an arena that's not forty-five like, minutes out of downtown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Huh? That didn't work. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't believe it. I mean, we'll talk about them later in the show, but um, one of the other like Ottawa getting dunked on a little bit today because also like the Rangers are in the second round, and largely that's due to Mika Zibanejad playing as well as he has, and it's yeah. and you go back and you look at the fact of oh they actually paid. For Derek Broussard. Like they they actually were the ones that they bought. They they, they, they thought they were getting the player in that deal. Yeah. They act they paid a second round pick with Zabinajad, and I think they got back Broussard in a seventh, which is like, <laughs> holy cow. How do you lose? That was like one of Dorian's, I think, first moves as GM. And it's like, oh, they like that. Aged, talk about like a terrible age like milk. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Just like uh, setting your uh, legacy up as GM for failure, like, like off the get go. Good lord! Like yeah. I don't think you could lose a first like a first trade harder than that one. <laughs> no, you certainly could not. Um, other uh, games that we wanted to cover were unfortunately your precious Panthers. R.I.P. Zero and two uh. in the series at home, which like we can talk about this quickly, but um, I didn't think these were home games for Florida because the entire crowd was fucking Tampa fans. There weren't that many Tampa fans. Like, come it on. was pretty bad. Every time they showed the crowd, it was like 50, 50 split. I mean, it was not good. Yeah. I, okay. I still, I, I don't think there's, I don't, I don't understand why for, for the life of me, why the Panthers are still in sunrise. Like well, that's got to play into it slightly. Right. Like, like there's gotta, cause I think sunrise I is very similar to the Ottawa situation where it's like 45 minutes out of downtown Miami. And it's like, <laughs> there's literally, and, and there's literally an, a, an arena for them to play in, in Miami. I, I'm at, if they so chose, cause the heat play like right on the waterfront, it's like, okay, like, I, are you really married to this arena? I like the one that you can't even get a naming right sponsor for is the president's trophy winners. That's gotta tell you something, right? Um, like there's the P there's the PGA superstore. They got some good stuff in sunrise, Florida. They've got. <laughs> A pretty big U-Haul. Okay, oh, what else they got? They got a big U-Haul. <laughs> they got one. Oh man, they got two. Got, golf pull this up on the on the on Three. the video, because God, that sounds hilarious. Um, not to like, not to completely take us on a weird tangent, but um, did you know that at one point, so the the owner of the Panthers was also the owner of the Florida Marlins at the same time back in the day. He also owned uh part of. He also oh 
created a waste management co and blockbuster and at one point and at one point he was going to build a theme park called blockbuster park in near (laughs) miami that was going to have the arena for the panthers and the ballpark for the marlins in this big old theme park sports and entertainment complex in in the middle of florida and it just but he wanted the the same like perks that disney got for disney world where they got like their own district and everything and got their own basically like autonomy from government gotcha. uh for it and the didn't work data florida was not willing to give that to blockbuster <laughs> to the video store people so it didn't work um but that could have been where the panthers went instead they ended up in the middle of nowhere <laughs> dude that's like so funny so like on the map it's like the bb and t center is like just this giant parking lot with like right next to the highway and then like across the highway is just like a big swamp there's like a public <laughs> yeah like, there's like a public it's the everglades wildlife management area so it's just yeah. a big swamp <laughs> it's like so here's the panthers arena and then if you look to your right uh there's yeah. 12 alligators it's like, <laughs> like it's like if they if they have it at a one angle like you're looking out to the words like the ocean like the beautiful sunset or whatever <laughs> but like if you spin the camera around it's just like a gloomy miserable swamp filled with dead people and alligators yeah that Did rocks you know- so hard Another fun fact of Florida, did you know that if you tie an alligator to a parking meter, you have to put money in it? <laughs> I know that because of, uh, I think, The Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that a Simpsons uh, joke? It might be. It That sounds like something they do. Uh, this was, thank God, this was just a warning alligator. The the next one will be <laughs> <Yeah>. corked. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, there's some, yeah. The Florida's a, a wonderful place, uh, a magical place um but like yeah, i mean again it's really weird how we talk about florida like the panthers specifically as like this weird like oh this is florida at its finest right like making fun like all the florida memes go to the panthers even though again tampa is literally in florida but mm. because their team is ran really well and is like in the middle of like downtown arena has like oh has owners who care about who like put in all the time and money into the team, which the Panthers do now, but it took them a long time to get there. Um, Like it's very funny looking at like the contrasts and how people view the Tampa Bay lightning and how they view the Florida Panthers and in a way how they view themselves and how their markets view themselves. Because yeah, you're right. Like there's so many lightning fans in that building. And I don't think Panthers fans travel particularly well. They did sell out every game this year. uh, I think in Florida, but like, uh, I mean, yeah, you should when you're a President's Trophy winning team. It's not exactly <laughs> great that uh, you're getting invaded by the other team every time. Yeah, and like like Tampa isn't that close. You know what I mean? Like it's no, it's still a trek. It's, like it's a it's a trek. Florida's to get huge. There. Yeah, Florida's like, a state is huge. It's not like down the block or whatever. It's not like driving from Edmonton to Calgary. It's like no, you. No. It's a fucking track. You got to take. I think it's like four. I think it's a four-hour drive. If I believe it, unless I'm mistaken, I think. I think if I literally, if you were literally, it looks like driving from here to like Prince George or something. Yeah, because like I remember being like, oh, when I was younger, I remember being like, like, like my mom took me to Disney World a couple times, being like, oh, can we go see a Panthers game? But like the Panthers were like four hours from Disney, (laughs) like Orlando, and it was like, okay, oh, never mind, they're actually really far away. Technically, (laughs) Tampa's really close to Orlando um is really yeah cool. but even then i think it's like a relatively uh a bit of a distance um yeah. 
yeah fla what is it the fla live uh, arena or whatever it's called uh it, yeah isn't it technically the i think it's technically the bb and t center so it used big, to be but yeah. then they their sponsorship the ended center? their their sponsorship ended so now if you notice oh, okay. like at the center ice there's no corporate <laughs> names or anything it's because they're literally called fla live until they went looking because they're looking for a new sponsor and that's what i was saying before right they it's don't they're like president's Arizona. trophy winning team and they don't have anyone who wants to sponsor the arena because why would you it's in the middle of nowhere yeah it's a three yeah. it's a uh three hour and 37 minute drive and that's without rush hour damn that's a track <laughs> whoops yeah it's really close to miami but like well like but like even then it's like okay 45 minutes on the freeway on like rush hour which is when most games happen right at like seven uh -huh. right before as everyone after everyone gets off work like yeah it's got to be difficult put them back they kind of go back to downtown miami i don't know what this was <laughs> um man like do we want to talk about how like do we want to try and manifest a jinx so your boys have a chance like do you want to say like i don't think tampa is going to lose a single game yeah let's like, do they, that like <laughs> we're going to try and do a repeat of last year because if you guys remember yes i famously stop. famously said after the what is it i think they went up two nothing yeah. on the golden knights i said colorado looks like a powerhouse I think they're like they look like they're just not going to lose a single game or get a a, a single challenge this season, and then after saying that, they lost every single game and got eliminated by the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> so, very funny. It was extremely funny. Just see so, like that. Yeah, we posted it on Twitter the other day because because yeah. everyone was doing it again. <laughs> so for Lachlan's sake, I'm going to try and do that again. I'm going to say thank you, man. Florida right now is operating on one of the worst power plays. They are 0 for 25 or 26 now Yeah, through playoffs. Through eight games of the playoffs, they haven't scored a single power play goal. At some point, they sh should be able to start clicking on their power play, which was great for them all year. And once it does, then Tampa's in actual trouble because Tampa's getting pretty lucky right now in this series where they're oh, doing God. well at 5v5 and their their power play is actually clicking but they're basically facing like a like a team that's like like skating on one leg kind of because their biggest skill right now isn't actually like doing anything for them Ooh. like as soon as their power play is like operating at league average then it's like oh this is a series again but yeah. right now it's just like it's not it's like tampa just looking like like, oh, yeah, of course, they've won two back-to-back -back cups. They know what they're doing, and this is a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs. Like That's how it looks, but it shouldn't bit. be because the one team is just, like, not firing the way it should be. Yeah, because if you remember the last the la last year's Battle of Florida, like, the Panthers got off to a way better start in that series, like, scoring-wise in particular. Like, mm -hmm. they still lost the first game of that series and ended up losing, I think, three of the first four. But a lot of that was really due to the goaltending not showing up and, like, the yeah. goal like like being, like, an Achilles heel. This year, there's not really any excuse there. But Borofsky hasn't been fantastic, but he hasn't been terrible by any stretch. Like, like and I saw a lot of people... I will say I disagreed with a lot of people after game one for the Panthers. Like, there were a lot of people being like, oh... This is the champions. Like they're they tuned the Panthers. It's like, well, no, that was a two-one game until five minutes to go, and mm -hmm. then uh, Anthony Sorelli got away with literally 
like bonking Bobrovsky in the head while Kucherov took a shot. And it was like, and then they got, and then on a goal that should have been called back, they lost their champ. The Panthers lost their coach's challenge. And then the lightning scored on another power play. And suddenly it's four to one. And it was like, and it was like one of those things, like, first of all, that shouldn't have been, that should have been called back because like, it was one of those things where it's like, it was a light brush. Like it wasn't like it wasn't like Sorelli at all was trying to like was trying to like hit him or something or like trying to like make contact or like you know it mm-hmm. wasn't like a flying elbow it was literally yeah. just like he brushed him but it's enough where like when your goalie's if your goalie's head has to like move back and then suddenly there's a shot coming you're not ready for that at that yeah. point and it's like I don't know why that wasn't called interference like on that review um, and then and of course and um, but yeah, like I didn't agree with a lot of people saying like, oh, like the lightning completely walked them. Like I thought the Panthers in both games were relatively okay at even strength. I think the, this game, they were way better. They were much better than the first one. Like they were a little bit passive in that first game. But then the mm-hmm. second one today, they put on a good performance. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky was just, yeah, good get close game. Andre Vasilevsky was just incredible for that, that entire game. Bobrovsky for his own credit was really, really good for large stretch for this entire, honestly, the full 60, he was good. Um, and the reason they lost this game was there were two reasons. One, uh, apparently Steven Stamkos got away with literally closing his hand on the puck during a power play. And, somehow that didn't get called so just okay great it's because they had already given them five power plays by that point it was a bit of a look guys we've already given you five and you didn't do anything (laughs) with it we can't give you another one because he put his hand on the puck yeah just yeah. you gotta score you, you're, you're running out of shots here a little bit yeah and and like yeah the power play hasn't clearly has been awful um, but then, and then, but then like they did themselves no favors right at the end where literally like I have, like, I watched that play and I'm just like, I'm losing my mind as I'm watching this play again. Like it's, I don't think I've gotten this animated about like a, one particular play in a game since like the Canucks, like earlier this year, like when they did like some of the boneheaded stuff they were doing in like October and November where like, it was like four guys. So Kucherov goes behind the net. He's got Gustav Forsling, Canuck legend, uh, yep, on him yep, behind legend. him. That's Ku- that's Forsling's man. He's got him. He has him fully covered from that side of the ice. There's no way. The only way Kucherov is getting out to the front of the net again is if he tries to get a wraparound, which he's not going to in time. So he's at that in that moment he's considered covered. But for some reason, Mackenzie Weger goes, I'm going to run into him because there's only three seconds left. What's the worst that can happen? I'm going to go right at him and try and tag team him. Sure enough, Kucherov sees him coming. Like he does the little shoulder check. He sees Ross Colton wide open in the slot. Meanwhile, there are like three Panthers, like three Panthers forwards. I think it's like Noel Achari. It's um, um, Ryan Lomberg. And I'm not sure who the, who the third guy out there was. Um, but all of which can clearly see Ross Colton just wide open in the slot. Bobrovsky doesn't see him because Bobrovsky has to focus on Kucherov, who's over the other shoulder. So he's not looking. Um, so he's not looking. He can make a quick check, but he's not going to see Colton from that far side like that until he mm. turns his head to a pass that's already coming. Because again, he thinks he thinks in his mind as a goaltender that uh, Uyghur's going to have any guy that's in front of the slot, he's just going to line up on the line and essentially block anything that tries to come out into that danger zone spot. And that's what he's thinking. He's trusting his defenseman on that one. 
And sure enough, Weaker goes in for this tag team check that he doesn't need to. Kucherov immediately just throws it to wide open Ross Colton, who has all who has just quick shot, game over, with like yeah. three seconds to go. And like again, as maybe this is just maybe this is why I'm not in the NHL and Bobrovsky is. <laughs> because I can tell you right now, if that's debatable, that, if I'm Bobrovsky. When they go back to the bench, like because I think they took a timeout in that they did, yeah. Seconds, right? Even though there's like I no am, time to do anything. Yeah, it was like, I they am, still took the chance. Yeah, I am at that point. If I'm Bobrovsky, I am just take that 30 seconds to just full on cuss out like <laughs> yeah. Mackenzie Weaver. Right, like, what, what the, the fuck, fuck are you doing? doing? Yeah, like what like way to cost us the game, you moron. Like, that yeah. is like the dumbest play you could have possibly made in a with three seconds to go. And he blew he blew that game single-handedly. Like, I mean. The other three Panthers deserve their fair share of the blame too. Like Lomberg being one of the guys I noticed. Lomberg especially. It was like, like in no man's just land like covering absolutely nobody. Feet not moving. Just like completely like checked out of the play. Like I don't need to be involved here. Um, We're going to get yeah, overtime. Like, like they totally you, took their foot off the gas. You could totally tell they were just like, well, there's eight seconds left. Like there's no way that the like leading like score from last playoffs or the last, you know, he's not a threat at all. He's not literally here who literally scored two on us in the previous game. He's not, surely he won't do it again. He's not going to embarrass him. Oh, that was a, uh, yeah, literally like, and I think everyone was asking like, what's more demoralizing losing an OT or losing there, there, that is way more demoralizing. (laughs) That is far harder because at least in an overtime game, you're like, well, one shot, it sometimes weird ricochet goes in. You're playing a full 60. It happens. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse for that. You know, there's only a certain amount of time left on the clock before you can get there and reset and get a break. You could have just, you could have just gone into your, made the defensive decision to not make, try and be a hero and you get to OT and you made, and you honestly, you probably win because you're playing a lot. You're playing a way better game than Tampa is at this point. And you're going to get your opportunities. And two, three guys cost them, cost them, a, put them in a 2-0 hole going back to Tampa Bay, where they are in a lot of trouble. Yeah, that's a that's a tough lead to give up, right? Like two two nothing at home. Like I I don't want to count anyone out because playoffs are crazy, weirder shit yeah. happens all the time. But putting yourself in an 0-2 hole at home, not good. Not looking too good for your cats. Um, fortunately, we haven't made any kind of food bets based on this one. So God, you're, no, I, I, you're safe yeah, for now. Yeah, you were comparing them like you were comparing them before the show to like the like this like being like their version of like the Lightning losing to the Blue Jackets. And I will mm. say I'll fight you on that one because I'm like no one no one thinks the Panthers are actually favorites in this. Well, I don't think anybody. Well, I don't honestly like. I don't think they any, like were they, they favorites. Were the, to start the seer or season, right? Yes. Like, like the way the season had gone, I think a lot of people wrote off the lightning to be like, Oh, they're, oh. they're tired. They're, you know, they got a ton of injuries. They're not really a favorite in the playoffs. They're just kind of like, Oh, well, they know how to do it. So, you know, you can't count them out, but I, I think they were still like the underdog in this series. Um, yeah, a li- yeah, yeah. A little bit. But yeah, like obviously after the Toronto series, I think a lot of people were like, oh, right. They're actually really good. And it's kind of like, well, yeah. Did did you guys forget? (laughs) I mean, yeah. Like, and God, like, again, to be like, to be fair, like they didn't look good in that first game against Toronto. So it was like, and honestly, like they haven't necessarily like, 
the way they're winning right now, the way Tampa's winning games right now, they're not necessarily winning a lot of games by like absolutely like flexing their Stanley Cup muscle on a lot of teams. It's mostly just them not hitting the panic button when things aren't going in their direction and just Mm -hmm. being opportunistic. Like they haven't been particularly amazing in any of these, like in the Toronto series or the Florida series. They just played a good, they just played well when they needed to and didn't panic when things weren't swinging right in their direction. The play wasn't going in their favor. And that's why they've won both these games in Florida and a lot of the games against the Leafs. Um, this is what happens when you win championships. Like you kind of figure out, oh, I don't need to over, like, I don't, I don't need to overcorrect so much. Like I don't yeah. need to work. You Suddenly any, like the one good thing, if you're like for a great team is that when you win that championship, suddenly there's a lot of weight off of you. And suddenly you can play very carefully and be like, ah, I have one cup. I don't need to worry about like really rushing in to make the hero play. Cause you know how to do mm-hmm. it. You know how to do it a bunch of times over doesn't necessarily always go in your favor but like that's that's how tampa's been winning that's how tampa's been winning these games and now they can go into a to their home building which is has like one of the notoriously very good crowds and it's gonna be hard it's gonna be very hard for florida to come in here i'm i hadn't bought i haven't bought our plastic rats yet for the studio and now i'm thinking (laughs) maybe i maybe save your money because uh there might not be a lot of time i could save my money but also but also I've got to, I still got to back my boys. Like I still got to back, I still got to believe in them a little bit here. Um, I will also say that I think maybe they would be winning more if uh, they had the old leaping Panther Jersey still. Uh, (laughs) I don't, this Jersey is not great. Like I have it because it's a Lou Jersey and, but uh, I don't know. I like the old jerseys. It's just not the same. It's not the same. Look at that. Look at that Joel Quinville looking Panther. Like, (laughs) come on. Um, other series, uh, the one that's happening right now, uh, between blues and avalanche, um, kind of closer than I think a lot of people expected. Jordan Biddington is good again. Um, they're, uh, they're up one, nothing too on the abs. I believe, uh, Kale McCarr. I'm not sure if he's left the game. Maybe he's back in. Um, I think like um, he did. You said he had went down late in the first period with like a weird leg injury. He did. uh, didn't he look stayed, serious, but he did stay on the bench. So at least during the first period, I haven't been pay- watching during the second. So I don't know uh, if maybe he left later, looking, but like looking on the box score, it's showing him on a pair with Devin Taves right now. So I'm sh- okay. I'm assuming he's back in good, but yeah, that's probably a pretty huge scare for the abs though. If Kale McCarr was to go down with uh injury, like, Oh God. Yeah. Like, big old fat yikes, because that guy is a huge, huge reason why they were as dominant as they were against nashville but hey i was the only guy in our uh, crease crass crease crass bracket uh to pick the blues i'm still not sold on the abs i think they're just a little i just don't believe in their goaltending or their mental fortitude to get past the second round because they haven't done it in five years yeah see honestly like when I saw you pick the blues, like to be completely honest, there was not one part of me was like, Oh, that's a bad pick. I honestly thought it was a great pick because I, I definitely see like a lot of the similar stuff with them. Like I picked Colorado more so on the, um, I would like to see them get farther. Like I'd like to see them keep going and kind of figure thing and figure out round two. 
And also I bet I, and also part of me was, was also, I based it off of, honestly, I based it a lot off of um, whether or not Darcy Kemper was going to be back for game one, which he, once mm-hmm. I found out, once I saw that he was going to be in game one, that's when I decided, okay, I'm picking Colorado. Cause if yeah. not, I would have also picked St. Louis. And Fair. I think a lot of people, I don't, I don't, I'm surprised a lot of people are kind of sleeping on the blues here because mm-hmm. I don't because they're clearly a good team when they're getting the goaltending that they require to win. Like they're a very good hockey team and they're, and like we said at the beginning of the playoffs, I think all three of us picked St. Louis to beat Minnesota. And because they did, yeah, because the wild were like the wild, like were a good team, but like there was something about the blues where like they were coming in just blazing hot from the regular season Mm. Uh, Billy Huso at the time was playing really well. Now Bennington is holding down the fort for them a little bit here. And honestly, I don't think Huso was even particularly awful during the first series. Um, it was like, um, yeah, like the, there is nothing about the blues, especially like forwards or defense that looks at where you're like, oh, they're completely overmatched here. Like Colorado is a very, very, very good team, but St. Mm-hmm. Louis has, is one of the few teams that can go completely toe to toe with them. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah, we picked a uh, picked the Blues against Minnesota because we were like, oh yeah, they had nine twenty goal scorers, and you know, as fun and you know big as the Minnesota Wild are, like you kind of have to bet on like David Perron being a point per game player as a thirty three year old to probably have a good playoff run inside of him, and yeah. I think he has nine points or he had ten points or something in yeah. the series against the Wild. Like yeah. he put up I'm... like some crazy production for the first round. Yeah, even like just looking at like the one goal, like the one stat line of this game so far that the Blues are winning. Literally, it's Jordan Cairo who has with like his fifth goal of the playoffs from Ryan O'Reilly who has his fourth assist of the fourth assist of the playoffs, and Pavel Buchnevich who has his fifth assist of the playoffs. Like that tells you a lot yeah. as is. Like Ryan O'Reilly is Ryan O'Reilly. Then you got mm-hmm. Jordan Cairo who's a rookie or like a sorry like a sophomore I think at least, um, yeah. young young enough guy who's already got five goals in these playoffs in only what eight games for them like for that, St. Yeah. Louis and Pavel Buchnevich, who they just got from New York, I think uh, last off season, unless I'm mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, like, yeah, they, they know how to build a very strong, like t- down the line, line one through line four can put p- points on the board for you. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things like I always like say like all oh, the especially in like the last era with the Canucks. There are a lot of things where I'm like, oh, the Canucks can look at any champion and find the wrong thing to point out about them with the Blues for that. For me, it was always like, oh, God, they're going to look at the Blues and be like, you know what? We need more old veterans instead of <laughs> looking at them being like, hey, they have four lines that can all score in yeah. bunches like this is what they won. Like, but like, yeah, you look at them now, like they've gotten art. They're arguably this blues team is arguably better than the one that won the cup. And yeah. it's like even, and that's minusing like, um, who, like, um, Alex Petrangelo, who was on their blue line the last time, mm-hmm. like they've arguably got a better group now with like, um, I think it, whom, uh, Tori Krug Tory on Krug, defense yeah. for them. Like they're a good, they're a good bunch who can go very far. Colorado. I have, I, want to believe definitely has like has the ability and the depth to beat them here mm-hmm. but they've got to they've got to trust themselves to get that done and they more importantly they have to trust uh Darcy Kemper to get it done and again Kemper's been great 
throughout these playoffs. He's been good. The Literally the only knock against him that we kept giving over and over again is that he's a bit of an injury risk. He got weirdly freak accident injured in the last time in the last series, but, and in the, the first two games of this series, he's been really, really good. Um, and they're got and they got in that last game, they got production from Josh Manson, a guy who's scoring his first playoff goal ever. Like that's the kind of moments that you need from that team to be able to beat a team like the blues. So if they can mm-hmm. keep that up, they can win here. They can absolutely yeah. win. It's just a matter of trusting themselves to get it done, which is where you're yeah. right, which is where your, pro- your which, line of thinking yeah. came in. That That's where my doubts came in. Cause I just think for based on history, like the last five years, they've really struggled to get over the second round against much lesser opponents. Like, I don't think when they ran against uh, Vegas, I think uh, maybe not last year, but the year before, like, I don't think they necessarily should have lost to them. Yeah, well, yeah, Grubauer had a particularly rough last four games. Like, he was particularly a problem. Yeah, but, um, like, the last year, like, you, we were saying, I think, in the last episode, like, they didn't really have any chance because it was, like, they were down to their third-string goalie when Michael Hutchinson was playing for them. So, like, they were screwed yeah. to begin with. Yeah, but like, yeah. Kind of, kind of like now, it's like, like, I'm still not sold on their goaltending. Like, and if an injury does take out... um Kemper again like, yeah and then it's like i don't even know who their third stringer is their third uh so past fa- pavel Francois, i believe i'm trying to think who it, it would have been whoever the their colorado eagles goalie was it might be hunter miska still and actually now that i think about it it might be a former vancouver giant it might be uh uh it's not trent minor i maybe trent minor is that it is that who's uh the avalanche uh, the Eagles goalie now there's one of the two giants goaltenders from the, the other from the, from that, uh, the last, uh, the year they went to the WHL championship, which was the, Oh yeah. It looks like, uh, their goaltending depth is you're right. Trent minor. They have Hunter Miska, Trent minor, and then justice and you, and union. Yeah. I think Hunter Miska would be the first guy they'd call up. It might, although it might be uh minor who was very good for the giants for quite a while. He was a very good young goaltender. Possibly. Yeah. They might, um, they might also try to do the, we can rely on a, a rookie with no experience to just like suddenly put up like a stellar performance like Cam Ward or, or uh, Piotr Kochetkov in Carolina, right? Or Kale, or Kale McCarr. Like they, they have yeah. a history. If there's a, look, if there's any team that could pull a rookie, a random rookie out of their farms team to go on an absolute run, yeah, uh, it's Colorado. Like they could do that. They could very easily do that. They, they've got, they've got a, you know, pretty good track record of doing that lately. Yeah. But they do. yeah, otherwise With, um, their series uh, is super tight. I think if any of the, and if any of these second round series are going to go to seven, I would probably say this is the one that for sure is going to go long. I re- yeah, I agree. I would agree with that one. I think this is going to be very back and forth. I mean, you're, yeah, you're seeing it right now. Like the blues are leading in shots. Like they're they're It's not, it's not like Colorado is just absolutely like just tuning like them. running the tape, like tuning them. Like they did in the first game. They did yeah. like, they did totally tune them in the first oh, yeah. game. Like Jordan Bennington was the only reason that got to, yeah, he was the only reason it was a one goal game. Like, what were the like? The, I think the shot attempts in overtime, if I'm remembering correctly, Colorado was... had 14 and St. Louis had zero. Yeah, they basically held the puck the entire time, and then the second period, I think they were outshot like 24 to 10 or something like that. Like scoring chances, I think I read were like 37 to 16 over the full full game time. Like it wasn't close. But now no. here they are battling back and they're the ones 
out shooting Colorado after two periods. Like, yeah, that's just the type and- of, uh, you know, experience that they have. They know how to, to buckle it down. Um, yeah. and- I think I said it in the last episode, like, I have a feeling that the blues are of the mindset that they wanted to erase all of the, the hater raid that came at them after getting bounced by Vancouver and then getting swept by Colorado in uh, consecutive playoff series. So now they that they've Brandon got like Sod on the team. Now I completely forgot about that. Good Lord. That yeah. And he had, is... he had 20 goals. He had 21, yeah. I think. Yeah. Like, and he was an avalanche last year. He was a, the, the, mm. the year before, like Jesus, like, God, like, yeah, there, there's some, there's some very good team. Like it's a, it's a great matchup here in terms of like, especially like even, and like the hockey quality is good here too. Like the blues don't play super like passively, like they're a good defensive team, but they don't play passive hockey. Yeah. Uh, the avalanche very, are obviously. The, these like, two are very well-rounded. Like yeah. Colorado and St. Louis are, are very well-rounded teams, both offensively and di- and defensively. Where Arguably like, the two most well-rounded out of the rest of the playoff group like even tampa like with even tampa they rely on basilevsky a lot to win them games for sure i th- yeah i think uh like for the most like well-rounded like elite teams like they're not elite i don't think like uh st louis, st. louis is, i wouldn't call elite but yeah, they're right. but they're well-rounded enough that they can make up for it and that's kind of like tampa is too like they don't have the speed to compete with like uh colorado or florida really mm-hmm. but through like experience and like the the quote unquote like heavy tough playoff hockey style like they know what to do and because of that they're up to nothing in the series and for the blues and the abs um basically whoever wins this is probably going to the finals i'd say i would also say that oh and bennington just got ran uh yeah like because yeah yeah, like whoever wins this like looking at like i have to imagine do you i would say I don't know if you if you would agree with me on this. I think the two teams in this series know that it's their cup final too. Like, yeah, I think that's they probably what know. they're playing for, right? They're like, whoever wins this series is facing Markstrom or Mike Smith, and like, Markstrom looked horrible in the last I'm, game. Yeah, and unless that series goes, and even like whether or not that series goes to Game Seven, like you know, regardless of how long it goes, that series that both teams, like the Flames and Oilers, are gonna beat each other up for the entire series to the point where whoever wins yeah. is gonna be just too gassed to do anything in Round yeah. Three. So, like, I think both Colorado and the Blues in their own locker room know that hey, if we win this, this, this we're is a series, we're shot. going to the final. Like, yeah. yeah. Which and now, now again, as after jinxing the Avalanche last year, watch as both these te- as one of these teams, whichever yeah. team wins this, gets swept and watch in the, the next or in the conference final. <laughs> no. no, Mike Smith is going to post four back to back shutouts, and then he's going to lead uh, <laughs> the Oilers uh, to the finals and win the Conn Smythe like Conn Smythe Trophy winner. Uh, uh, yeah, actually, the, sure. the real Conn Smythe Trophy winner is going to be Ottinger. <laughs> it, Off of one series of work, he's going to win the Conn Smythe if. If the Oilers did somehow rally back and Mike Smith posted a bunch of shutouts to get to the finals, like I would absolutely be like, yeah, he probably deserves a con smite. Oh God, yeah, even like, more yeah. than Connor McDavid because as we be already saw, he got five, four points in one night and it wasn't enough for the team to win. So it all comes down to whether or not Mike Smith can stand on his head for yeah. that dog shit team. Yeah. Uh, last series, one that I don't, I don't know, maybe you're paying attention to them because you're a big Kaniac. Kane, I have not been paying attention to either team's playoff run 
really. I mean, like, like I, I watched oh, the really? Rangers Pittsburgh series because like that was just kind of like a clusterfuck. But Hurricanes don't really care for it. I think yeah. they're they they're a team that like okay they have a lot of interest. Like obviously there's like it, it's a funny series in a way in a way because we talked about like some of the characters in that group and like and now especially how one of them is facing his former team in the Rangers. Like it's one of the it's a it's a it's an interesting little series. Um, but it and that rely it's so reliant on two very different teams. Like we talked about like how similar the blues and the avalanche are in their playing styles and like how they're built. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the hurricanes and the Rangers arguably couldn't be more the opposite of one another where the hurricanes are this like top to bottom built structured, like have a clear plan in place for every line as well. Like depth built goaltending is where they've decided we're going to kind of just hope the mystery box gets it done a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, whereas the Rangers are goaltending and like two line and like two really good lines. And then you have like one group that, and then you have like Ryan Reeves, like on the, Hell yeah. like the, doing the, being the meat and potatoes guy, like the great Tyler Mott baby with Tyler Mott. That's right. Um, Tyler Mott, who God, like, God, you can't help but love him. Like they're pointing did, him out on like the TNT broadcast. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you, you see him getting, buddy. getting shout out, like. This is the guy. This is the reason why the fourth line is playing as well as it is. It's like ESPN yeah, giving that. Tyler Mott giving Tyler Mott airtime. Like good, like and like good for like that's hockey right there. Like that's fun. Um, oh, so great. Um, but like yeah, Shesterkin had to really like hold the fort down for them in that first game. Like they did their best, and like the fact that the Rangers got here at all is impressive in itself because I think they said. What was the stat line? They were the first team to come back from three one down. Where I, I'm trying to remember exactly what the what the what the stat was. Where I think they, I think something like they didn't lead at any point in the three games or something until like the winner or something. Something mm. something weird like that. Because I was like I was listening to it and I was like, oh, you know what it was? Yeah, it was because they they um they hadn't led every they hadn't led at any point i think in those three games and one and i was like part of me was like about to go um actually the canucks won three games in overtime then i realized oh they meant like they hadn't led at any point the canucks led game six and 94 against calgary um but uh yeah so there was that um yeah like um the hurricanes are a very well-built team and you kind of saw that there were like they they didn't really panic too much when the rangers mm-hmm. were up like one i think the i think the tying goal went in real late in that game where it was like i want to say like last five minutes of play they scored and yeah then, i think it was, I think it was like it was aho tied it with like two minutes left in the game and then the rangers had dinner reservations so uh lindgren decided to tip a puck past uh Shisterkin and <laughs> Sturgeon's reaction is so funny on the goal. Did you see him? Like gets deflected I, past him and he just like throws his stick down and drops it. And he's just like, well, yeah, it's one of those few times where you're like, as like a goaltender, you're like, oh, well, there was just nothing I could do there. Like, you're like, oh, I, tr- well, I tried. Like, I put the full effort in. It was just like, yeah, it was a, like, that was a, a very much a type of like, that's the type of performance that the Hurricanes had struggled with against some some teams in like their last couple playoff runs Mm -hmm. um and they just didn't hear like they didn't there was no panic in their game this time around and that's what won them the day here um and like i think i i really want i'm my biggest worry with carolina again is like can ronto hold it down full for a full series against new york because new york does have snipers like there's no shortage of like 
there is a like there's definitely like they're top heavy, but they've got a lot of guys who can put the puck in the net like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. So you got it. So I am a little worried. I again, I want to know where Freddie Anderson is right now, like a little bit, because I don't think I've heard much. He might be. Uh, I believe Sarah Sibian had tweeted something saying that like Freddie Anderson was out uh, on the ice for a practice, but wasn't any indication that he'd actually be returning anytime soon. But like mm-hmm. if he did, probably my interest in their run like dramatically sky like jumps up because right now I'm just looking at them like a team that's kind of just like gutting out their run so far. Uh, with yeah. Like, Cause I don't trust their goaltending at all. Yeah. I, tr- I, tr- here's the thing. I trust Ronta to a point. Like he was very good during the regular season, but it's again, it's always the case of like, Oh God, like I, a, a flight, like a little bit of the worry of the injury bug hits him. Like, what are you going to do? Um, mm-hmm. But even like, and with him also, like, he's just like, eh, sometimes he has an off night. Like, sometimes he's going to have an off night and you got to worry about that in a seven game series. So like, again, like I think the, I think the Hurricanes are going to have a little bit of an, not a, I don't want to say an easier time, but like we talked about Boston giving Carolina a lot of trouble. I think in New York, they might be a little bit more like. it'll be a tougher series because they're actually facing a goaltender who can actually be like legit yeah like yeah because they took the bruins in a lot of home games like they they were running the table yeah because yeah i mean now that they're facing a guy who conceivably can you know win the vezina right like facing a vezina caliber uh goaltender is a lot different than jeremy swayman yeah who did well for what he was fine for what it's like he did well (laughs) Yeah, but like it's just like a completely different ball game when you're facing off against one of the the better goaltenders in the league. Um, but oh shit, look at that two nothing St. Louis with the uh, yep. end of the second period. Um, but yeah, like uh, I still feel I feel confident still in my picks. Yeah, I'm still you... I'm still pretty I'm still feeling pretty safe with uh, I think Flames. You yeah, I pick Flames Tampa uh blues and carolina yeah and through through almost two games each i'm feeling pretty confident my choices still yeah i'm feeling less confident but i get i all but event but to be like again i picked my choices off of uh more who i this this was the round where i definitely picked a lot more of who i want to win rather than who i think will uh with the exception being like carolina who i'm like well i think carolina is gonna win probably um with like, and e- even with Colorado, I think like there's definitely a little bit of me like that's like yeah, I think the Blues could win. Like there's a very, I see a very real possibility where St. Louis wins. Um, but yeah, I picked the Avalanche, I picked Florida, and I picked uh, and I picked Calgary. Um, again, Calgary. I again, I think Markstrom's gonna have a bad game every now and then. Like, but he's he'll be back the next one. Like, I don't think it's gonna be as bad from his point of view in the next one. <laughs> Um, did we want to quickly eulogize some of the teams that uh, went that went by the wayside between the last time we recorded? I believe five of them, because uh, we when we last recorded, I believe that only Minnesota, um, Nashville, and I want and Washington had been eliminated. So there's five teams that have gone. Do we want to quickly go through and be like, <laughs> and just what went wrong for them? Very like a little bit of a speed round here. Sure. Uh, Washington, uh, allegedly they were in the playoffs and they got bounced and they are probably at home polishing their rings going, oh, well, 
actually like yeah you're right like oh well but also they'd actually they did well like they did pretty well considering like there are there are a few they honestly a couple bounces here and there their way they probably they might they there's a good chance they're here rather than florida so their games were their games were fun and that's all that can be said yes uh let's do let's do pittsburgh or boston let's do boston um Um, old good riddance (laughs) old good luck uh with the rebuild in the post bergeron era Oh, so uh, okay. That's a question. So, do you think you think he's retiring? Do you think he's, I mean, do you think he's retiring? Hugging every teammate at the end of the game is about as indicative of a "Hey, see you guys" as it gets. That's true. Like it. I mean, we saw that with Weber, Shea Weber, at the Cup Finals last year, where he was hugging every Canadians player. Like yep. they knew. Yep. I yeah, this could be it for him at this point. Like if because like um, I think I saw. I think it was Ian McLaren, uh, from uh, Locked On Bruins. Uh, who was saying that? Look, if Bergeron retires, you should. Yeah, I see that. I see you. You should. Uh, you. They should seriously look at shopping Brad Marchand because he's clearly get him to like, Vancouver, baby. Oh, pure God. chaos. I would not. Miller. No. Miller for Brad Marchand. Marchand. Oh and, God. Uh, uh, fuck. Who's uh? Oh God. What's that guy's name? Who like some player that everyone is the defenseman that they've been trying like they've been pitching to get uh traded for like oh uh Jake DeBrusque or whatever or not Jake DeBrusque um he's a forward um the defenseman uh, oh what's, I, th- what's I, his know, name? I know uh oh 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 I know Brandon Carlo thank you yeah yeah, tra- yeah I knew trade it was, those it was somewhere trade there. those two for JT Miller and whatever the fuck else oh please no um yeah Boston. <laughs> Boston honestly is a yeah team I could trust to come back in a few years with Pasternak as the core like running the core there with like McAvoy who's still really young but uh yeah they're uh it, this 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 era's passed for them a little bit thank God couldn't have to a better team <laughs> <laughs> uh okay uh did we talk oh yeah I guess Toronto hadn't been eliminated yet had Toronto they? yeah, yeah. Uh, we talked about prob- big yeah this was probably their year to do it. But unfortunately, they got the worst draw out of everyone in this playoffs when they got the Tampa Bay Lightning as the third seed to face them as a second seed. Like that sucks. Yeah, that's about yeah. as rough as it gets. Yeah, I, 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 the, the, uh, the current playoff format definitely has its flaws. That's one of them. Uh, that's definitely one of them. Although, who knows? Maybe they would have played them anyway. <laughs> like even in like the one through eight, they might have played them anyway. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, Toronto got like goalied right at the very end. Uh, and like, honestly, like they put in a great effort, but that being said, it was really funny seeing a lot of like Leafs people being like, well, they really tried this time. It's like, oh, and then the Sheldon Keith quote where he's like, they got so much respect in the handshake line. We're just like, oh, buddy, sweetheart. Oh, we didn't need this. We didn't need any extra ammo, but thank you. It's definitely like a, it's like a double-edged sword or, or like, it's like kind of like there's two, there's two ways of looking about it where you, two things can be true at the same time where it's like, yep, they got a terrible draw and faced the Tampa Lightning and lost in another game seven. And then on the other hand, you're like, this is the 10th closeout <laughs> game that they've lost in a row. Like that's a little suspect because for, for as much as you can be like, yeah, this core put on a, fucking amazing performance against the defending back-to-back champs it's still really bizarre that they can't close out series yeah after like five years straight of getting to the playoffs like that's just a bit awkward and weird 
Yeah. At some point you I, like, I, again, great, great players can persevere, but at the same time, part of me wonders like, God, uh, uh, do you, can you ever win with this group? Not because they can't, they don't have the skill, but simply because that boogeyman is in the closet, like yeah, just for sure. rare it, rear in its ugly head forever. Like, can you do it? Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see with them. Yeah. Uh, next one would be the LA Kings featuring troy stetcher you were the chosen one it should have been you it i mean have been you i will say like i i will say with the kings like eh, like watching it, a lot of those games it was like oh they're definitely like on they're 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 on oxygen a little bit here like in game six and seven like you could see it that yeah and a part of me too was just like there's two things one it's embarrassing that Edmonton needed seven games to put away the the Kings because yes. Jonathan Quick played, played well, but he was not good by any stretch. No, and they game were seven, playing he, a team. Well, yeah, like game seven, like he was just like not great. I mean, he was he, fine, but he was just okay. But you need to I, be good or more in a playoff series game seven. Uh, but the fact that it took game seven to take a team that like they're like the Kings bottom six is legitimately an AHL top six being bumped up. Like Arter Kaliev is like, he's a depth forward right now, but he's not like, he hasn't really found his game yet. Um, uh, Rasmus Kapari, Quentin Byfield, like all these guys are just like kids trying to still develop their game. Like they're not like really like dependable NHLers yet. And they push this, like Oilers team with McDavid to game seven. So that's like, like if you're a Canucks fan, you're like, Oh man, this team that won a cup and rebuilt or sorry, this team won a cup and rebuilt faster than we rebuilt. Yeah. Like four years or five years, they're going from cup cup winners to rebuilt and on the up and up again, like kudos to Rob Blake for uh, steering that ship through what could have been a really bad era and just getting them right back into it. Like, that's impressive as fuck. Yeah, those those kids, that team is going to be a force down the road. Like, in a way, I almost, like, I still think they're maybe two, three years off from really contending. Mm-hmm. But, like, if that's the precursor, they're looking really, really good. It's just a matter of can they, as they shore it up, they're, you're going to see that that strength come out, watch out in a few years. For sure. Um, Dallas Stars, what Jake Ottinger, very good. Jason Robertson, bit MIA Joe Pavelski still very good for an elderly man. Yes. That's about like that, it. <laughs> that's really it. Like Ottinger. Oh God. Like they, that was the whole thing. It was Jake on. It was the Jake Ottinger show. Uh, they almost won it. Miro Heiskanen almost so like close. single-handedly won it for him. Like so close, which would have been very funny um to the and else also would have pissed everybody off because they were clearly not the better team in that series yeah. like they were clearly also another team that was just kind of huffing and puffing and again calgary it's like oh my god it took you seven games to get this done <laughs> good lord um uh, but yeah like andre played his ass off um and uh their their future's bright with him if anything they should be really trying to quickly retool around him because that's mm. the kind of goaltending you don't get forever like that's yeah. great uh, uh minnesota wild they're in for some rough waters or actually i guess we ca- talked about them already because they were yeah we talked about them end. the last one is uh pittsburgh oh yeah uh this is the same argument or the same question every year do they now rebuild 
Uh, we I, heard some stories that Malkin and Latang got lowballed, and Sid the kid wasn't happy. Which, what does this mean? I mean, if it's true, like, yeah, he kind of has a right to be right because it's like, yeah. it's like they won you a cup. Like, give them what, give them a, they can, they, they deserve a blank check forever. They won you three cups. Like, just let them have whatever they, whatever's left of the budget. Like, good, keep them. Yeah. I mean, like, who cares? Like, I guess, like, what, what's Crosby on? He's got like one more year left on his deal. That'd be, I think. So I it's think just he, like, yeah. just sign, just sign Malkin and Latang to one, one-year deals at like big money and then actually pursue your rebuild like oh you think even like walk away from crosby like well like get to a point where all three are expiring and if they still can't do it with whatever they rebuild around then you say all right we could we want to rebuild a new core to do so you guys all three of you need to take serious pay cuts and then you negotiate that way in bulk instead of you know signing all three of them to big extensions at lower or you know, six and a half million dollars or whatever the fuck they think they're going to get. Cause it's not going to happen when they're 35 years old. Right. Yeah. And it's not like with Joe Thornton where he was just chasing, like where the sharks every year literally would just give him whatever's left of the cap afterwards. He would literally <laughs> yeah. go, he would literally yeah, go, okay. Use, yeah. Use the free money to uh, make the team better. And I will take what's left. Right. Like that was the year. That was the way the sharks operated for years, but they, he was looking to win that one cup. The penguins have the, the Malkin and Latang have three, have three. There's nothing that necessarily needs to keep them in Pittsburgh. They could very easily take their talents elsewhere, like Vancouver, maybe. I wouldn't mind Malkin on the Canucks, honestly. <laughs> he he can't skate anymore, but Latang, get... uh, I'll pass. But Malkin, yeah, if, cool. If you get if you get Malkin on like a one year five million dollar deal, like give him the Thomas Vanek, you he know, could be he could be this this era this Canucks era's Matt Sundin the one that comes mm. in for the one year and just all of a sudden like gives them all the in- the wisdom like all the infinite just wisdom te- of hockey just teaches them how to actually win and, and this like, one not and, play like shit and unlike poor Matt Sundin Malkin's won cups so like he's got that he's got the champion he can be like and these are the three rings I've yeah. won like yeah like that's God, oh, put Colson would like there you give him for put Colson. There you go, oh, there mentor. You go. Have him as a mentor. That would be fantastic. Like get now, it, get it done, Jim. Now we're cooking Former with gas. Penguins GM Jim Rutherford. Get it done. Let's make it happen, baby. Yeah. Um. All right. Last thing before we go for the night, we got to talk on talk a touch touch on this. Uh, WHL draft was today. Oh yeah. And with the. 268th overall selection your vancouver giants the home team from the whl drafted uh 2007 born which first off can i just 2007 born getting drafted that yeah that fucking hurts God, my soul. that that was the first year i started really getting into hockey i was eight I, like, I was pulling God. up, I, I'm sure you saw a lot of people were like pulling up like the 2008, like, or the, the WHL draft names. And some of them are just like really funny. All the Cadens and Jadens. Yeah. I pulled up, I pulled up one and it was like 2008 born. And like, I slunk in my chair and was like, Jesus Christ, the people getting fucking drafted now. We're getting, or we're born when I was graduating high school. Like that is not acceptable. Um, but anyway. Chloe Primorano from North Vancouver, BC, uh, taken as uh, the first female skater to ever be selected in the WHL Bantam draft. Uh, 
her production was actually really good. Like she like for the CSSHL, which is like the top tier U15 league in BC, uh, she was tied 30th with like seven or seven other defensemen. Uh, I think she was taken with uh, one other person that was kind of in the same production uh, as well. Like he went in like the fifth round and she went in the uh, 12th or 13th. Um, so kudos to her. Um, uh, Reese Jessup, who is now a scout for the Carolina Hurricanes, tweeted something like before the draft had happened that he was genuinely curious to see if she'd actually get drafted just based on her production stats and relative to her peers. And lo and behold, seven hours later, she's drafted, making history, by showing up on the team. yeah by the hometown team and showing up on the. Um, I think it was the intermission broadcast too. I think they, they had interviewed Ron McLean had interviewed her with Kevin Bieksa. Like that rocks super hard. Uh, good for her. Uh, she'll be able to appear at uh, the Vancouver giants training camp this uh, summer. She'll be eligible to play in five games this season, but because she'll be only be 14 or 13 or something like that. I think 14 yeah. or no. Yeah. If she, if she were think- like, if she, yeah, something like that. I like think it's 15 one of or 16 or something. It's like, but you're only eligible for a certain amount. So you can get exceptional status, but even that's, but that's rare yeah. for every book. Like that's rare in general. So like that's. Yeah. That's, so, yeah. So she's eligible for five games. Then she can return to the CSSHL's U17 league. And then the following year, she'll return to camp again and have a chance to actually play in the regular season for 23, 24, which be crazy, which would be so fucking dope. Uh, and congrats fantastic. to her. And, um, yeah, for yeah. getting there and getting drafted, that rocks. Um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I now I will say I have to take some points off because she she did say she modeled her game after Duncan Keith, and I was like, oh, that's Ooh. no, that's tough. She did all, Ooh. but she also mentioned Quinn Hughes uh, and Kale McCarr. So I'm like, okay, okay, that's a good okay. mix then. Because good mix. If, you, ha- Fair if mix. you have the the 2012 edge, not that she'd be like have the memory of 2012, <laughs> given that she's born in 2007. Unless oh, as a five year old, she was like. I want to elbow people in the head like Duncan Keith. <laughs> that would be, that would actually be, that'd actually be pretty funny. I'd, I'd, I'd find that funny. Uh, that cute. was like, her own thing. she's like, yeah, I, I model my game after like all like the, the, like Adam foot, like all the dirtiest players. Like, yeah. That'd be cool, really funny. But, but like, yeah, she mentioned like all the skill guys and everything. Like, it's like, yeah, like yeah. good on you. She's going to be, she could be something and good on like the giants as well for like, not like for looking at and being like looking past the looking past the the gender, the gender barrier thing, and being yeah. like and and seeing that as like a problem no it's not Hell they no. can play if they can yeah. if you can if play, she can you skate, can play. She can, if she can skate and she can play and put up 20 points in uh, an all men's like league like cssHL which was the top feeder system of the dub like all, yeah like absolutely physical, give her a shot yeah and full physical league like that's not like there's yeah. no hitting like she's clearly yeah. capable give her give her the chance let's go yeah for Maybe sure she'll get to the NHL someday um yeah we didn't i don't know if we have time to talk about the coyotes did you want to do that as well or i don't give a shit about the coyotes fuck them yeah you're Uh, right and also also the story developed as like they don't have the right to place their logo on the center ice which which turned out to be not true oh it's oh it isn't true center ice uh logo thing apparently was just like making a mountain out of a molehill like it was originally like read to be like oh they don't have any ability to put logos uh over top of the asu at center ice uh but that was just like a miss r- misinterpretation by uh, strang and uh whoever else or sean shapiro but apparently it's just like not a non-issue so it was a bit like this doesn't warrant 
investigation or laugh laughing at because it's like standard uh contract writing so it's not oh really yeah so, yeah i see oh so i see what it is it says per asu the coyotes and asu logos will be on center ice but the coyotes are prohibited from including any of their other normally in ice branding as was seen in Giller river arena their former home they're also prevented from digitally covering up the asu logo on their broadcasts so that I don't know. That's kind of funny. It's funny, kind of- but it's like, it's, it's a lot different when the story was the Arizona coyotes cannot right. use their branding at all in the arena. Cause that just makes them look like a fucking Bush league shit. I mean, it's still, Bush I mean, league, they but- are, they are, but right. I mean, they're getting a freaking good behavior like clause, which is like, so I'm sure that ex- funny. I'm sure that exists for all uh, contracts with uh, big organizations that like rent, uh arenas and stuff like that but still it's it's still very funny that it was made public and whatever that's pretty good yeah it's still very yeah it's still high key funny again like god they're not gonna make it through that full term they're gonna be gone once they realize how many players are like yeah i'm not signing here uh yeah i'm not playing they're gonna be fucked yeah no i'm not playing in a college i'm not playing i'm not here all right guys we got your room and board it's a dorm (laughs) it literally sounds like a national lampoon movie like oh we're gonna kick we're gonna put you on super probation you uh coyote house like yeah (laughs) yeah um anyways folks um I have been Cody Sieverton. Uh, you can follow my work at Cody Sieverton on Twitter. My writings, ahlnuxharvest.com and canucksarmy.com. I should eventually in the next couple of weeks here have my uh, grading of the Abbotsford Canucks season and their players. Uh, don't forget to check us out on patreon.com. That's patreon.com slash creasecast. Our youtube.com is youtube.com slash thecreasecast. Give us a follow. Ding that bell uh give us comments and stuff too we you know appreciate that you know yeah you know yeah absolutely like like those videos share yeah. them find comment, me on embed yeah, them. exactly yes you can find and you can find me on uh twitter at lock of the crease you can find my writing work also at canucks army i wrote two articles this week about jim rutherford talking oh, yeah. on sportsnet 650 and uh, uh bruce boudreau talking or uh bruce boudreau also talking i forget actually sorry the bruce the boudreau one was 650 uh the um uh, rutherford one was on uh dfo face off uh, dfo uh rundown so uh yeah go check those out and uh more articles on the way so yeah uh all that and then the panthers uh talking about why the panthers won the cup in a few months, <laughs> other article yeah yeah it's a, good, it's a good call. There's your jinx right there. There's my, there's my, there's my anti-jinx because I'm like, I'm saying that in a way, I'm saying that pretty sarcastically right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. They'll be, they'll be gone by the time we record next. Until next time, folks. Lovely to have you. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.